Hello, this is the Potter's Podcast. Welcome. We've got a packed show this week again, as always. Have we? <laughs> well, not talking on the Pulis game, no, but we have got two games discussed. We've got the, obviously, midweek one against Norwich, which we were robbed. We'll probably talk, discuss VAR as well. Yeah. He's very passionate about this at the moment in time, aren't he? Yeah. You can put it all over Instagram and everything you aren't happy about. It. Yeah, it's making me blood boil. I was giving it the benefit of the doubt for a bit because I think everything's got teething problems and everything needs time to adjust, but it just seems to be getting worse and worse every week. Right. Uh, I think it's taking the joy out of the game. It's possibly looking worse because there's no fans there. Sometimes when it when the fans are there, there's more passion in the ground. There's more. I think it's killing it. I think it's taking away everything the game represents. So nice positive start to the yeah. podcast. Then. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, yes, we've also got discuss the absolute border order. I'm really, I'm really struggling for positive points from the Sheffield Wednesday. Other than we got a point. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people on social media going a little bit over the top saying, what's going on at Stoke? And you're going, have a look where we are in the league. It's just an away game that we've got to It's fine, it's completely fine. We've lost a couple of players through injury. We know what Pulis does against us every time. Just one of them. And that's what it's going to be. We're also going to discuss Diego Maradona this week because, of course, sadly, he's passed away. Yeah. One of the world's greatest ever footballers. Still second behind Pally. I don't care what anyone said. Probably feared, really, because, you know, falls around, isn't he? So, yeah. you know, we've got a few things to discuss. We've also got player ratings, obviously. We've got the question. It's this time I'm going to have to look for because I forgot to do it again. Oh. We'll figure it out as we go along. Two people have come back. It was nine players that have played for Stoke and thingy but well, let, let's face it last week we had a little bit of a disaster with the question <laughs> disaster because my question obviously was which player was Wales all time period record holder and was a legend at Everton which is quite obvious really I, yeah. can't, I can't name another Welsh I can't name another Welsh player that was a legend at Everton no but <laughs> the problem <laughs> mine was the question was dated five years ago yeah. so in that time it's changed four players yeah <laughs> played in that time yeah so other than that it'll be a packed show so firstly we'll discuss because you're obviously very passionate about it you're really upset about it I don't know why because it's not affecting Stone but we might do in the near future well to be honest like, we should have had VAR for Watford and Norwich because we were robbed yeah it, it, the thing is there's parts of VAR that, that do work for us as concerned obviously certain offsides and stuff I can understand when they're blatant but the problem is they're giving stuff for the tiniest of margin sometimes, and you're thinking, he's not really gained any advantage there. There's one in the Brighton game this week where two of them both go for the ball, they both collide with each other's feet, and he gives a penalty, and you just think, it's not a, it's not a penalty. You get, eventually, it's going to be a non, no-contact sport if we carry on with VAR. Well, I mean, Jürgen Klopp had a lot to say at the end of the game. A hell of a lot to say. I haven't actually seen it yet, because I, I was going to do that before doing the pod, but I didn't I see it. I have seen it. And uh, he, he was quite harsh to Chris Wilder. Now, Wilder's going through enough at the moment. You know, they played 10 games and lost 9 and 2-1. <laughs> so, you know, 1 point out of 10 games. Like, it's a bit harsh to have a go at him. Basically, did he have a point? Well, basically, Klopp had said that when they'd gone to the manager's meeting, that 15 of the 20 had said that they were quite happy with the five substitutions. Because, obviously, Liverpool are suffering with injuries. Yeah, but that's, that's part and parcel. I mean, the five substitutions came in because I said it on the pod last year. No, uh, because of COVID, didn't they? Um, 
and and that's and put it in perspective it wasn't just you wanted five subs you said two of them to be British yeah. and you've got to provide passports before <laughs> you, you said, said passports <laughs> you <laughs> said that you said they've got to prove they're English <laughs> and then uh, I think I had a laughing fit for I think, I think it turned that. into UKIP they've got to be British they've lost two but Slaven Bilic has come out and said that obviously the less the, the the smaller teams, they use the three substitutions to their advantage when the big clubs are struggling, maybe with injuries or things like that. But it helps the bigger clubs rather than the smaller clubs. It does, it does in some sense, but then at the same time, I still believe that it gives younger lads more of a chance if there's more possibility to get onto the pitch in the long run. Forget COVID for a minute. If you think about it in the long term, we always sit there and say young kids don't get a chance. It's only been the last couple of years you've seen more and more young kids getting a run out. But I genuinely think some of these smaller clubs are overthinking it, in my opinion. You get two or three injuries and you, you've got injuries anyway and you've got to start bringing on like sort of backup players. If you've only got three choices, it limits you to what you can bring on. If you've got five choices, to me, it's only a benefit. I don't understand. I'm sort of on Klopp's side a little bit on this as far as the substitutes are concerned. I wouldn't have dug Wilder out, though, on it, just because he's had his opinion. He's frustrated because VAR's cost him the game. Well, he's he's, he's sort of digged out. He's digged him out, and I don't, he didn't need to. Really. He's, he's, he's upset because Liverpool are struggling because they've got a lot of injuries. Covid crisis here, there and everywhere. I mean, they're dropping points. They lost... Uh, 2-0 in the Champions League, from what I remember as well. And then, and then come out and... Drew one all with Brighton um, from a winning position. The, the, the thing is, like I say with VAR and the substitutes, is that I could understand if Jurgen Klopp was sitting there going, I need to make five subs, when in his last five or six games, he's barely made two yeah. in games. So it's like, well, you're contradicting yourself. You're only making two when you've got three, or one yeah. when you've got three, but now you want five when you yeah. don't use your allowance now. It seems to me a lot of toys being thrown out the pram at Liverpool yeah, he's because things aren't going his way. He's being bitter because yeah. Liverpool are crumbling. Struggling. And yeah. not, well, they are struggling at the top at the moment, unless Tottenham went. Mm. Southampton, I think. He's still not. There. I mean, they, they, they've got a lot, there's still a long way to go. They've got a lot of big injuries. But, you know, bringing it back to us, I mean, it's like I've never known anything like the goal, the third goal or equaliser against Norwich that was choked out for Lee Gregory being fouled. Understand at all how that goal was disallowed. I'd, I've watched it four times. Gregory's clearly being fouled. The goal's been disallowed, so he, he, I don't know what was going on. But does that not just come down to the standard of the referees in the Championship? Well, the that? standard of the referees are always going to be... They're, they're human, aren't they? They're, they're going to be prone to errors, and they're always going to be biased to the bigger club. The thing is, well, no, it's definitely not bigger than Stoke, but the, the thing that look, you have to look at when you're making these decisions with VAR, they have to see... It's still a, the problem is, is that these rules come from FIFA, and it's a more continental way now. If you watch Spanish football or Italian football, even French to an extent, it's very much to the rule rules compared to English football where all referees do let things go a lot more. And the problem is they go into the notes of what the, the letter of the law says because if they don't, and that comes back, and said, yeah, but that isn't the letter of the law, they'll get in trouble for it. For me, over the past five to six years, we keep constantly changing the, the rules offside alright fair enough the referees are trained and everything but we've got no system we just keep changing it it's like every it's getting to the point where the referees the decisions are being changed as much as Boris changes his mind 
yeah. daily. There's something changed every every year. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, it's I do slightly feel for the referees as well because the decisions keep on changing. When in reality, if you step back twenty years and have a look what the rules were then, there was probably nothing up with them then. Yeah, there was, it was good football in the 70s, yeah. it was just, they were knackered and they are all... Well, well not oh, 20 years ago, it wasn't the 70s, was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, but it's not far off. But <laughs> the way, alright, you, you look at it, the way we were brought up, the rules that we played when we were younger. When you were offside, all of you had to be offside. It was the body offside. There was one in the Liverpool game, I swear to God, it must have been his toe. Yeah. You're not gaining yeah, an but advantage. The thing, but the thing is, that's actually the law. If, if, if he didn't come in... But that, that law's been there for a hell of a long time. Yeah, it does. That if any part of your body is offside, you'd class it as offside. Because they class it as a, even a percentage of... slight percentage is of an advantage because yeah. you're slightly in front. In our eyes, and we know it isn't, because it's like the Bamford one where yeah. he's, it was his arm that was offside and stuff like that. Those rules will eventually get ironed out over time. But... It's not happening at the moment, is it? Well, it's not happening at the moment because the referees are literally going off the letter of the law and so is VAR. But until those laws get ironed out and say, well... But then, again, it's all down to interpretation. If you ask somebody, they'll go, yeah, Bamford was offside. A part of his body was offside. That's an offside decision. But he can't use his arm because it's a foul during the game. Yeah, I know, like he says, I can't put it in with my arm, but the fact is... His arm was offside. He's not Superman. He's not gaining far. He's going to fly forward, has he? No, I, mean, I know that, but yeah. by the letter of the law, that is offside. I mean, the other one that frustrates me is it, it's not a goal-scoring opportunity because he wouldn't have been able to score from there. How, well, how do you know he can't score from there? Well, we don't it's know. It's a tight angle. Unless it's Maradona. That one, I mean, years ago, if you were through on goal and you were brought down, it was a straight red. Now it's like, yeah, but there was a man over there. <laughs> like he's never going to get there. He's slightly offside. Yeah. It, it's, the, the problem is every year, it's like they're sitting there in the suits going, what can we change this year? And it's just making the fans confused. It's making the players confused. And to me, it's making the referees the same. And the problem is, what worries me a little bit about the championship now is, is... Premier League referees, when they have a bad couple of games, they then referee a championship game. So if we're having bad referees that are always in the championship in League One, then these referees that, for me, aren't refereeing the game anymore in the Premier League, because VAR's doing it for them, are going to then drop down into our division and cause L and R division as well. So it is a lot to do with our division, really, because we're going to end up with all the, all the joss out of the Premier League now. Well, but VAR does all the work now anyway, so, but it's, like I say, they, they've got to go by the letter of the law, because that's how it is. I mean, fair enough, probably two of the disallowed goals, one of them was probably a goal, and it's it's just one of them, but, you know, like, say, bringing it back to Stoke and the Stoke-Norwich game, you know, we went 3-0 down, shoddy to both, we were completely outclassed till the red card. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm proud of the, the they tried fight back and they weren't far away. But defensively, something's got change in that back line. Do you know I overlooked Norwich game a little bit? Because the thing is, over the last few weeks, we've just been ticking along nicely. And in my opinion, Norwich will win the league, to be honest. I, I, I do genuinely believe that. Every year, over the last few years, Norwich, they're always there. And they've become that. They've become like what West Brom were years ago, where it was down, up, down, up. They're just going to always be 
that that club because they don't lose a lot of players either really well they don't normally kind of have any stars and when they do have stars he, he doesn't yeah. take them long leave leave yeah so I, I think Norwich one of them clubs because they're different from Stoke where Peter Coates and the coach family have got money so they, they aren't really bothered about what comes in yeah. they'd rather the, strong, the squad stay strong it's a tough game having midweek as well if you think about sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, to go and have a Norwich midweek when you've just played at the weekend, it, it's a tough, it's a tough fixture to have. Really, you'd more prefer to have an Huddersfield or a Middlesbrough than have somebody who's top end of the table. But like you say, we pulled two back, and made it look a bit more respectable, didn't we? Well, it should have been three. It should have been three-three, but we were completely robbed again by by the referees. Same with the Watford game where there was a goal, it wasn't over the line. It, 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 at times, that's where you go, like that's where we need VAR. That's when you need VAR for that equal that pull. I don't see why the championship isn't big enough to have goal line technology now. It's the football league because the problem is if they carry it into the football league, everybody does, which means clubs like Harrogate right. have got to put it in, Vale have got to put it in, and Vale need a miracle at the moment. They've lost them five or six in a row now. They lost to a little league goal yesterday as well. Yeah, and oh. Joe will not be happy. Joe Joe's not happy about it. Joe isn't. Well, I've been having a, I've had to work with two Vale fans for three days, and all I've got is abuse. Well, I'm working with them two Vale fans tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> and the shoes yeah. on the other foot. Yeah, because they're plummeting like a stone. And they, I can already see what they're going to say. But did you see Jefferson Montano's goal? Yeah, we still lost. <laughs> you just go, no, well, it's all brophies. <laughs> <laughs> that could just finish the year off nicely if they went down into the football league. Into the football league, yeah, into the non-league national Can't league. Can't about say football league, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. They're that far away from us, mate. Forget about the other. Well, that's a funny joke. Somebody said that to me. He goes, uh, he goes, we're all in tier three, except Vale, <laughs> tier four. That'd be nice. Come out of COVID and Vale got relegated. Well, that'll be new. Right. So now we'll go into probably the hardest challenge of the year. Question to have. No player ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday game. Here we are. Four, four, four. <laughs> I, I did have to. I did have to uh, laugh at. I think it was on the Stoke on Stoke's Facebook page. Congratulations to the man who has made the highlights for the Sheffield Wednesday game. <laughs> to last more than 20 I think it was a header and a kind of a terrible free kick. That's, that's all it was, really. It was, a, it was the worst game. Like, luckily, well, I'll say luckily, I was listening to it on the radio and, and I felt my eyes going. I felt, I'm going to put FIFA on while I'm playing, while I'm listening to this, because it was, it was so bad to watch. But we'll do it. Right, Joe Bergey put under considerable pressure whenever the ball, the whipping balls were coming in, banning, especially a bit of a weapon. But I thought he did well. I thought he kept his cool, especially now he's under prep, uh, pressure with new signing. My end par, is it? Main par. Class is pressure. He'll turn up, be here for a few weeks, have Christmas off and go. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. It's not going to be long, is he? Who's Bergey? No, uh, the new keeper. Oh, yeah, the new keeper's all got a deal till January. It's a month, month contract. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, you're going to get paid once. Exactly. That's what's opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Done well, that, Annie. Pottery sent it. I'm going <laughs> right around Middleport and then boom. <laughs> I, I think he did well, Bergic. Again, I liked his control of the ball. I thought he was moving well. He, he seemed calm under pressure, which is good. For yeah, Barron's got quite a good record against us yeah, as well. Yeah, Barron's got a good you know, corner take, he got a wicked left foot. And I thought he, he took the pressure well, especially for a lot of his age, not very experienced. I'll give him a seven. 
thought he was he was decent really kept his cool yeah I think he's probably okay. the only servant as well <laughs> I don't know I think Collins who's next I think he stepped up really because let's be honest I don't think he's played right back many times in his career and he was shoved in there and I think he did a, a decent decent defensive line he's a, such a good defender yeah. he is such a naturally good defender and put to be fair put a good couple of deadly crosses in I mean like somebody said to me at work is there a chance that Collins might be might be overtaking Smith. For me, when he's with Suter at centre half, that's to me where the future lies. Because I don't see Bart. I mean, the problem is Bart and Chester and stuff. They're just dead wood, really. They're there to make the numbers up, as far as I'm concerned. I now. think Bart Scott is obviously a first team because he does play quite a lot of football for Stoke. But I think even Michael O'Neill would would if an offer come in and go, yeah, go yeah, on, yeah. yeah, if a decent enough offer come in. I just think is I think the thing with batters you you're gonna get the fridge twenty plus games where he does really well because he he will have games where he I mean you've only got to look at certain games last season where he was our best player in certain get West Brom away he was like a man mountain he he is he will have these performances here and there while he'll prove why he was signed mm. but then he'll have four or five games where he just think. You're not quick enough. You're not you rash. You you this that and it. To me, we've got to keep all the suit and Collins, and it's at centre half. Yeah, I'll I'll give him a six. Yeah. Did, but he didn't have a lot to do. But being out of position, I'll give him an eye eye target. I thought he was going to say nine. Give him an eye. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. The way he ended that ball out. Right. Yeah. What are you going to put? I'll go six because, like you say, he was out of position. Uh, now James Chester, your best mates, the the Welsh Cannavaro. Um, comfortable. I don't think he's been called that very yeah, often. First time and only time. Probably. <laughs> like, he was comfortable on the ball. Whenever it came down to me, he, he didn't seem to struggle spraying the ball around. But let's be honest, we were playing Sheffield Wednesday. It was basically a defence and an attack. And I think, to be honest, the defence did its job, but they weren't really put under a lot of pressure. You can see Pulis hasn't got the right plays for what he wants there at the moment it's only his second game and second yeah. third game second game as yeah. manager so I think it was a good time to play Pulis' side to be honest I thought he did okay yeah I'll give him a six yeah. I, I, I can't really go any faster he's the isn't he yeah no one really made any no one was for me terrible it was just one of them games <laughs> well nothing was terrible nothing was good either no. <laughs> you know if, if we give fives all round Nobody, yeah. nobody bat an eyelid, would they really? I mean, to be honest, at times it was like and pass and Chester bats. He's been closed down. They've lost the ball. Lucas back to bats to the left. Pulis is centre half plays a seventy-five yard ball. Where's <laughs> it catches his? Puts it down. It's coming back. Okay. <laughs> I'll give him a five. For yeah. Bit, right. So now we're moving to your best mate, um, Danny Bats. Uh, Solid again, yeah. the fridge was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he did make a he, he did make a, a very good vital tackle against Jordan Rhodes, who had pretty much broken through, and he managed to make the tackle. Uh, you know, other than that, I can't, I'm really struggling here. This is this is really there's, there's literally no moments. Sometimes I'm just trying to grasp at whatever I can remember, and there's not a lot to go I with. Suppose what, I suppose if you try and look at it in positive light. Pulis has caused us issues since his last start. Well, I think we've lost him 14 times. Yeah. He's just started afresh at Sheffield Wednesday. 
the last game we played Sheffield Wednesday, there were seven goals in it. So you've got to look at it and think, it's still away from home. It's still a clean sheet when two of his first team goalkeepers are out. And it's against Pulis. So there's positives, isn't there, really, if you think about it? Yeah. There is, because the thing is, we've come off, like I say, a bit of a, bit of a bad result on midweek. So you've gone away. Last season, we'd have lost that. Oh, yeah, we'd have been in a negative point oh, for Nathan, midweek with Nathan Jones again. oh Nathan Jones we lost three or four I'm going to go five again to be honest yeah. apart from that battle tackle say go on I'll give him a six for that you tackle maniac I'll give, I'll give him a six for that tackle because to be honest if if he didn't make it he probably would have lost one nil because especially when you're playing against Stoke I mean Chef Wednesday sorry and a purely side instantly defensive the defensive when they're attacking. And again, once it a poor game when we played them at Sheffield Wednesday last season. I'm not sure. Yeah, no. Lindsay made a mistake. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, we lost through that mistake, yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you going to give him? Five. Five, that's harsh. Fox, Mr. I, I, I don't like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, Unless the son, I just don't like him. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, he was, he was up for it. You could tell he was up for the former challenge. Club, he, yeah. was, he was up for it against his former club. Made a couple of key headers, you know, for a wing back. It's, it's not exciting. He was about but, the most enthusiastic person at the ground. Yeah, he was. He was really trying, but there's no quality in him. He ain't a good enough. If we want to get to the Premier League, he ain't a good enough. But you, you know what happens? He'll he'll go to bend blind and now and score five goals, nine assists. I should have slated him really. If yeah. I had been slating him, we can we can't. would be the best left back with the club. No. <laughs> <laughs> not with our skills look at that last year I armoured him on one of the pods he scored every game for well, well, I did didn't after the Watford game and then he, he got two man of the matches so <laughs> you know it's one of them uh, I'm going to give him a four yeah I, I, I really don't rate him I'm going to give him a five for his enthusiasm <laughs> just no <laughs> right uh, John Obi McCall against his former manager for, well, not former club, obviously, but, you know, Pulis loved him. I think, he's, I, I think he's starting to settle but down now. I think he's a big pre- presence in the midfield. I think, uh, to be honest, he is a quality player. That touch has improved a lot in the last yeah, two Yeah, you can see him getting fitter and he's, he's making such a difference in that midfield. He's getting sharper. A he's getting sharper. sharper and I like everything about him. The quality and the grit of him doesn't give up. The thing is, these are the games as well that through the season, I know fans, some fans won't be happy with yesterday, but at the same time, in the, when there's 46 games, you will have these gritty, horrible away trips that neither team, still probably went there and thought, well, we'll see how they come on to us first and see how the game opens up in the first half an hour. Because the thing is, a purely... He likes an early goal and then sitting back. And then sitting back. So <laughs> the thing is, you look at the game and think, well, the more the game goes on, are we better off just playing for a point here? It just depends. Game management. You don't know what O'Neill said to the lads as well. You will have these games every season. Don't make any difference. We we had them in the prem. You go certain games and you think this has got nil nil written all over it, and and, and it did for me yesterday. I, I just didn't see. And we have been quite free scoring of late. To be fair, we have. But I thought no Fletch away at Pulis. It's just to me, it's, it's got draw written all over it, regardless of the performance. But these are the games where you need that midfield linchpin to just control the game and, and, and hold things up. And he didn't do much. He didn't down. do much. He, he was just he was just a presence, and he he was getting himself around a bit. His passing was 
hit and miss, but I thought he did okay. I'll give him. I'll, I'm going to give him a six. I'm giving him a seven. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I can't. I don't think I can give anyone other than Bergic a, a six. I'm, I'm really struggling. Right, Lucas. I think he's returning. He had a good, made a good few challenges at times yesterday. I noticed he was getting stuck in a bit. He was he put in quite a bit of a dog. Driving runs through the midfield as well when he's pushing the ball. Which is what we know him for, anyway. Which is what I like about him. I still think he's playing too deep, and he's got to get he's got to get used to this new position mm. quicker than anything. I know he's had little niggly injuries and he's trying to recover from them, but I think he's playing well. I think he's getting there. But to be honest, he isn't the same player that we saw second half of last season. Well, I think I think you could say that about a lot of players at a lot of clubs. The way things are at the moment, I, d- I don't know. Some you've got to think that some players do thrive on the atmosphere and on the fans. They do. They, they come alive when when there's fans there. I've seen plenty of players in the past. That has been one of them. Because let's face it. When he scored goals and stuff, he's always at the crowd. When we have corners, he's trying to us off. Well, I like, he, I like he him. Drives off the, off yeah, the I, I like him as a player. I think he he, do, he does like say remind me a bit of James O'Connor, but I think O'Connor was more consistent. Um, I, I to be honest, like I say, I think I think he's driving runs. He, he's trying again now. It looks like he's he's got that bit of sharpness about him again that he didn't have before. I still give him a six though. I give him a six, but I, I just think you will see a better player when the fans are low back in. I genuinely believe that. Right, Nick Powell. <laughs> He's supposed to be our creative linchpin, isn't he? Well, yeah. He he tried a couple of things. He was trying to move around the back of the defence, but he kept get well he got caught offside on one on him. He, he was trying to he was trying things but against Pulis's side, he, he, as soon as the ball was coming to him, he had two men round him. You, you, he Pulis knows that he knows that who to target and yeah, who to double yeah. on and who to focus on and he yeah. obviously put a lot of effort into, into completely ruining any plan that Nick Powell yeah. had to score a goal um, he, he, to be honest I think if, if anyone was going to get a goal against Sheffield Wednesday it was going to be him with a little magic out of nowhere without Fletch I just think the thing with Fletcher is because he pulls players all over the place he gives Tyrese the licence to to just open up but without that it, it just to me we looked out of shape going forward yeah I think Powell was marked out of the game to yeah. I'm going to give him a five because literally he couldn't he couldn't do anything he had men yeah. around him all the time yeah right so we're going to Tyrese Campbell I just think he was isolated I genuinely do I just, the thing is you noticed in previous weeks that the, the way Fletcher plays the game Tyrese could play left, right, up top, behind. He, he's just he can be anywhere because everyone's focusing their energy on Fletch. Because even though he is sort of classed as a target, he pulls players all over the place. He's a very good target. He, he's such a good person at reading the game, and the, the amount of times I see to think, God, how much space has Tyrese got yeah. since since Fletch has come in. The problem is when Gregory and Vokes come in, you know, they couldn't pull a coat on. Let's face it. <laughs> Let alone pull a player all over the place. That's a bit hard. Come on. I mean, Gregory's... I mean, I don't know. Gregory's Chinese artist. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't good enough. It just proves that how short we are past them two. I think, like again, same as Nick Powell, I think he was marked kind about the game. He was obviously a target for players to get round him all the time. It was a couple of bits of magic, a couple of bits of skill where he was trying to break through and, and it paid off bits and bobs. But then as soon as he broke through a bit further, 
he was he was just hounded out of the game by the defence of Sheffield Wednesday. I'll give him a six. Not really enough to be to sit there. No, Forward line, there was, there was nothing really apart no. from an added. There was not a lot to do. James McLean returning from a uh, the COVID nineteen. Mm, he's been away for a bit, hasn't he? He was keen. He was running around a lot. He was back to his normal self again. Didn't seem to be frightened of anything. He was running at him. The thing with McLean, he could be, especially now I Fletcher's playing. Now, now we've got Fletcher scoring goals. McLean could be a big, big uh, plus for us. He's always been good for supply. He's always been good for a cross. With Fletcher running on the end of things and now scoring goals because I think he's only got a knock hasn't he fell on the advertising boards didn't he yeah he'll be be fine probably by next game or game after but the thing is with McLean when he bombs up he's just a better option than the man we brought in to play that position which is Fox because the good thing is about McLean he's always trying to get forward he's always trying to get in the box and he doesn't mind getting back yeah he doesn't mind just putting the graft in he'll do whatever the manager wants him to do and that's why to be honest, I do like James McLean as a player because he, he isn't afraid to get stuck in. He isn't afraid to put himself about. And to be honest, it, that free kick was unforgivable. Good position. I mean, he couldn't have hit it any higher. To be honest, no. I swear he was. I swear he was trying to hit the roof of the stand with that with that free kick. Pretty poor. I'll I'll give him a five. To be honest, he, he put a lot of effort in. Worked hard, but. Everything he tried came was worse off, off. Yeah. and that free kick was a big chance. To be honest, when you're playing against the Bulls side, the chances are going to be few and far between. Probably the winner it is. A bit. Uh, we're gonna have to talk about Lee Gregory. Oh, do we have to? We're gonna have to talk about it. what a little bit of information. He was a boy of Sheffield United fan. He was so. So you know you expect him to be banged up for it to try and hit against his, you know, because obviously Chef U8 Wednesday don't they? so. No. No. No, literally nothing. No. <laughs> I think it was a header in the first half that we classed as the only real chance of the game where it came on him and it was a lovely header. If he cushioned it over, it would have been 1-0, but he just headed it in front of the goalkeeper. It's pretty I'd, poor. I'd say he's one of the worst strikers I've ever seen now, Stoke, in recent years. I would say he's the worst. In recent years? Mm, I'd say Benny Toby's up there. Benny scored goals for us, though. He scored goals, but the, there was nothing to his game. He was like... It's like that joke of Matt Letitia being a fantastic um, comedian. 20 minutes, he's just walking around the stage with his mouth open. But then out of nowhere, he'd tell a cracking joke. Out of nowhere. And that's what Benny Cofobi's like. He, he was the same. What about Carl Lightbourne? You've got... Yeah, but that's not modern You've times, got Suleiman Oulair. <laughs> he couldn't even kick a ball, never mind. <laughs> just for me, does literally nothing. Every goal, is, every goal he scored. Yeah, Dave Kitson. But he never wanted time for Stoke. Yeah, but don't matter, does it? He's crap. He's a bit of a bad job. I don't want to go there, boss. Where are you going? You're not getting nine million. Where are you <laughs> going? <laughs> you got Berino. He was garbage. Yeah, Berino's got Perry Card. Yeah. Perry Card scored a couple for his championship, I didn't Five. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you've got I don't know, Greg. The thing is, though, what frustrates me with Gregory. It's very much like Sardo. He has chances. But, I mean, I remember Charlton last year. He must have had 10 chances. And some of them were sitters. And he just keeps constantly missing. And then all of a sudden, I saw on one of the press boards, Gregory scored. Yeah, he come off him. Didn't score. It took a deflection off him, given Gregory. <laughs> thinking, that's the only way he's ever going to start scoring Stoke. Because on a technicality, he'd have gone for me in the summer. 
without a doubt, and I'll let him go. Yeah, he's got a contract though, isn't he? And I think he's only had, so I think he'll sign a two-year deal, so he'll probably be gone at the end of the season. The problem is that I've seen, and I think it's got something that Michael O'Neill needs to fix, is that we've got two strikers up front, which work. We've got Fletcher, we've got Campbell. They work as a Now, we've got thing. a replacement for Campbell and Brown, but we haven't got, for me, Vokes and Gregory are not good enough to replace Fletcher. And that's that's the problem. He needs a bit of a bench warming every now and again replacing. For me, them two are league one standard. I think they are now. Mid-table. I, 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 I said this before about Sam Vokes. I think that injury has taken two, a yard of pace off him and he's struggling yeah. to play. I think, I think to be honest, there was rumours that he was going to go Rotherham at the start of the season. I think that would have been a perfect little fit for him. I think that's too high. No, I think he'd be a perfect fit because they're struggling at the bottom ends. Good experience pro. I think he'd do well for them. But Stoke, we need more. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, we, like we've seen glimpses of how good he can be. When he first came, I remember, remember that volley he scored? Well, yeah, the final game against Sheffield United, yeah, a fantastic goal. And he, he, there's been more, there's a couple of chances second half last season with Michael O'Neill where you're thinking, oh, oh he, he, he was doing well. But the problem is he's just lost that yard of pace and he's, he's not getting in the positions. And the problem is we're resorting for long balls and he's knocking them on, but he isn't keeping the technique and keeping the ball. He never, to be honest, he'd never recover, he'd never reconvince, what's the word, convince me to give him another chance after the performance against Derby in February. Never. Never. Because for me, it was the worst performance from a striker I have ever seen for Stoke. He was absolutely terrifyingly bad. Because the thing is, there was lads at five foot two knocking him off the ball. And you're thinking, you're supposed to be a target man. And he's getting up, waving his arms about in the air and just thinking, either put the board up and sub him off or literally walk on the pitch and pull him off. Because hey that's up now. <laughs> hey up now. <laughs> Family show That's your dirty man. Family show this. Yeah, he'll never, never be a Margaret Gracie's anymore. Not not for me. He, he could walk, as far as I'm concerned. I just To me, he's probably at Rochdale standard now. That's a bit harsh. He'd score goals at that bottom end. <laughs> not in the championship. I don't know. I think a move to Scotland could do him, but... I think that's well, anyone can move Scotland and score goals. Well, except a few. <laughs> There's been a few that have failed up there. I don't know how, because when we went and watched the game, the standard of the footballs is in a bad way. I don't know. That that left-back was brilliant for us. Yeah, and then he went home and did nothing. Nil on the Kovic or yeah, something. Yeah, scored goals for fun. He was, he was a legend at one point, he was. <laughs> Many years ago. Right, so we'll, we'll uh, give Michael O'Neill. I'll say... Saying that we didn't do Gregory. I'll go back to Gregor, we didn't do it. I'll give him three. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go four. <laughs> I'll go four. I can't go three. That's just a, that's just embarrassing. Uh, I, I, don't, I think I've given somebody a two this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we have. I think I've given somebody a two. Who was it? I, I, I've given somebody a two. I'll give him a four because he was crap. You were in quite a good mood today, though. Mm. I've always expected you one day to give someone a minus. <laughs> I was tempted. <laughs> I was tempted with a few of them. But... No, I can't because I think there's a good good feeling around Stoke. You've got to look at the table. The table doesn't lie. From 12 months ago, we can't know at all. For me, it's just one of them weeks where you just go, forget about it, let's move on and, and get on to the next game. All right, so now we will give Michael O'Neill his rating. 
I'll give him a minus five now. Thought <laughs> <laughs> was going to bring it in. Hey, I'll give him a seven. Yeah. Um, not his fault. Fletcher was out. No goal. No first team goalkeeper. I'm going to say seven because the thing is, we he sort it unfairly lost because I think he was starting to get together what his strongest eleven was at the club, and all of a sudden. We'd lost Davies. He brought Gunn in, lost Gunn, and Gunn was doing all right. And then Fletcher's got injured, and it's just for me, it's just knocked his balance a little bit. So for me, the fans who were having a bit of a dig at us this week need to just take a step back and go, yeah, just remember sometimes losing your bet. Let's face it, Davies has been brilliant this season, and he's for me a good goalkeeper. Breathes confidence in your back four. And losing Davies, as we have noticed the defensive difference, Gunn's come in and Gunn looked all right as well. Yeah, for losing as well, he looks all right. People he does, but it. I just think when you you lose one or two, I'm losing Harry Suter's surprise. I thought we were going to lose because of losing Harry Suter. I did. Yeah, I think we did okay. Yeah, we've we've got we've got squad numbers. Fair enough. A lot of those numbers aren't good enough, which we'll discuss after the questions. So I do want to have a touch on transfer rumours, but. First off, the question. Have you got a question then? I've, I have got a question. Is it legit? Yeah, it's legit. Right, this is Stoke City player, ex-player, that started at Blackburn Rovers. Ooh. And we signed him from Swindon Town and he played in 1997 to 2001. Okay. That's the first clue. That's a bit, yeah. So we, we had him from Swindon? We signed him from Swindon Town, yeah. But he ended up in Blackburn? No, he started at Blackburn. He started, he started at Blackburn. Blackburn. We signed him from Swindon Town. And he played from 97 to 2001. Okie doke. That's a better question than last week. You haven't got a clue, have you? Oh, you don't give me a clue. They are, that's actually clear. We played for Sweden, bought from Swindon. Oh, I'm thinking. He's the most famous chance. player we ever bought from Swindon. You literally said it, and it was like 15 seconds. Well, you've got to be on the ball. Right, so now, yes, well, we've just been talking about there, the things we've got to improve in the side. And... I've been thinking this week a lot about the whole side and how it's got to be improved because there's a lot of people thinking that next season a load of this Deadwood's going to be gone. And the fact is, looking at the contracts that I've been doing this year, there's still going to be a lot of Deadwood at this club next year. I don't think Sam Rokes will be gone next year. I still think, from what I've read, he's still got two years at the end of this year. Gregory, I think's done. I think Gregory will go. I think Gregory only signed a two-year deal, so Gregory will probably go at the end of the season. Benny Kofobi's returning. He's still got two years or three years left on his deal. I think he'll play. Tom Ince has still got two years left on his contract. Vimmer's got one. But that's we'll hopefully do what we did with Imbula, where we get rid of him and make another club pay the rest of his contract up to get him. You're looking at it, and there's still going to be a lot of dead wood at this side next season. Bauer's still got two years left on his contract at the end of this one because we're giving that stupid five-year deal when we got relegated. Is Etebo still on the contract? still got three years left on his Dye. contract. And Dyer's got two, I think. Yeah, but it, yeah two. Yeah, two. Uh, to be honest with Etebo and, and Dai, I've just come to the realisation that them will be just on loan until they leave, until the contract ends and that'll be it. Yeah, I think, um, I think when it comes down to the final years, I mean, Vimy, I think, has got one year at the end of this deal, so... I think at the end of this year, Stoke will just pay up and say go. Yeah. Because it's one year. Isn't yeah. It? But it's like, the, the big frustration is, we're, yes, we're finally trickling them out now, we're finally getting rid of them. But there's more dead wood to go. 
We've got Tom Ince. We've got the returning of Phoebe. We've got Liam Lindsay. He's an unforgotten man. I nearly sent out a search party find out where he's been. <laughs> the thing is with a Phoebe, though, because of his record at championship level, he won't be hard to get rid of. Because I don't think he'll play in Stoke City again. No, I don't think he won't play for Stoke. Uh, he doesn't suit my player. Three managers have tried him now. And he's in and all been, three, of, and all yeah. three have pretty much bombed him out the side. Yeah. So there's obviously an attitude problem. I don't think he wanted move here, to no. be honest. I think it was just because he he'd signed that contract to join Wolves in the summer when they got promoted, and then they're like, "Yeah, go on, join Stoke, go and get joined." Really enough, kicking him out the door. So, which isn't a good thing for us, and it was such a bad signing. I, I don't know. There's still going to be a lot of dead wood, and you can see what he's trying to do. I can see what Michael O'Neill's trying to do. He's brought Campbell in. He's brought Brown to play behind him so that he can slowly bleed Brown into... Because I, I don't rate him on the right because I've seen him three times on the right now, Brown. He ain't a winger. No. Um, Barnsley said the same things when I was talking about him, that he's a one-in-five player, which that needs to improve into a one-in-three, a three-in-five. Five, yeah. um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... Unless we start, for me, we've got to start spending money again. The thing with vouchers, and I think Gregory, I think, because there was a little bit of interest at the start of the season in Gregory. Yeah, so, for like, deal, yeah. so I think Gregory could be an easy one to get rid of. Phoebe will definitely be an easy one to get rid well, of. Well, Gregory will be easy to get rid of because his contract's up at the yeah, start of the summer, so, so he's gone anyway. So the thing gone. with vouchers, I'd be tempted to have a look maybe further down the league or even in League One. If there's any young talent that you could do a deal with and send votes the other way to just go off the bridge. Yeah, but we can't. Why? Because those clubs won't be able to afford his wages. Mm. He's on 13 grand a week at Stoke. That's why he's on big money here, so. I don't know why. Because, he, well, he'd come from the Premier League and he was finished at Burnley. Well, he, he te- he, the only reason why he wasn't playing at Burnley that was because of that big injury. And like I say, he had that big injury. And, and they signed Chris Wood in the time and he was, he was a decent sign, to be fair. Well, yeah, they signed him before. And plus, we've got to remember a player that come out of nowhere, Barnes, was it Ashley Barnes, Ashley, who, yeah. who, who appeared out of nowhere and started bagging goals again. You know, it sort of destroyed Sam Bokes. And then after the injury, he couldn't get back in the team. And Stoke had him yeah. and shouldn't have done. But <laughs> the thing is, with... Um, Sam Bokes is that we'll probably he'll be at Stoke next season he'll be till the contract he'll be till that contract's in his final year then Stoke will probably go yeah go um, that's the playing mentality now it's not about playing football it's about the money and well you can't blame him really because the thing is like Sam Bokes hasn't done well at Stoke we all know it he's been a pretty up and down striker for Stoke he hasn't scored a lot of goals I, think, I don't think he's hit 10 yet and um, the thing is, he's been here now nearly two seasons. He, he signed uh, last January, was it January before when no January before when Nathan Jones first come in. Yeah. And you've got to think like if you look at the the amount of money that both you know Jones has spent and and Rowett spent and Michael O'Neill spent nothing but pretty much every signings he's made yeah. has made an All impact right, yeah. and, and done okay. <laughs> so we've got to start spending. People might think. Like, I'm being serious when I'm saying, we're going to win the league and all that kind of, we're going up. And I hope we do, but realistically, if I put my realistic head on, I don't think we've got enough quality and backup quality in that side to go up this year. Whereas wing-backs are the problem. Well, if you look at where we are now, if we manage to get a few of them names out, and Michael O'Neill adds again, I know this is quite confident for me, but I think next season we could absolutely walk the league if we buy the right people in. Wing-backs are my problem. 
And the problem is, they cost money. Good ones cost money. Always do, because they're pacey. Because wing back, the wing backs, when you aren't playing wingers, have got to get up, down, up, down, up, down oh, in yeah. the game. And the problem is, you can't have... Like Tommy Smith, we know he doesn't rate him because he tried bringing another right wing back in right at the end of the window. So we know he, he was trying to bring somebody else and so he doesn't rate him. Yeah. Morgan Fox has been a failure because he shows how bad he is that he's playing McLean there. They, they both, for me, both of them are old-fashioned left-back and right-backs. They're not wing-backs. Yeah, that's why they, they were cheap. Yeah. They were cheap because they aren't modern. Smith probably was a little bit quicker when he was younger at Huddersfield. But well, they played a system where the defence was a flat defence. Flat back four. So yeah. he was just bring, breaking. It was the halfway line. He was just overlapping now and again yeah. to put balls in the box. And but then Stoke bought him, hoping that that was going to happen, and he hasn't. But to be fair to Michael O'Neill, he's getting a bit of a tune out of him. I still don't rate him as one hundred percent fierce. No, but this is the thing with a lot of players at Stoke now, especially under Michael O'Neill's watches. There's one or two that if they left tomorrow, you'd go, he did all right. Like over the, the last few years, it's been get him out the door, lot of stuff. Yeah, get him out. <laughs> well, come, like these players have come in like through O'Neill and stuff, and you think, yeah, but I'm not say he's set the world alight, but at the same time, you're not like, sort of letting him leave. Whether sort of, you, you, I don't know what's the word. You, you don't feel overly that gutted that he's had to go, or like some players, you, you wouldn't even want to walk past the ground again. The likes of Emma and stuff, he, he just want rid of them out of the club. Yeah, I think Vimmer will be cashed in, he'll, he'll, he'll just pay him up and get rid next season. He'll be gone, he will. Is he even playing anywhere? Yeah, he's playing for our youth team now and again. Oh, right. apparently, apparently, they're saying he's freestone overweight. Just using him as like a sweeper. The basically, yeah, with a sweep, with a brush, sweeper. Get out there. <laughs> but the thing is, it's on 45 grand a week. That's what I mean, but we've got a Campbell who's only on 22. Mm-hmm. And you've got that fat pig sitting in the reserve team. If you were listening, I hope you are offended. <laughs> 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 and it's it's one of them where it, I just don't, I don't get it. I really don't. I, don't, I think that, you know, when you sit there about the culture and the footballing culture, we're going to talk about older players next because obviously a great legend's died. But first, I've got to give you another clue on the player. On, right, this player is Stoke's 12th all-time top goal scorer and the end of his career at Bradford City in his late 30s. Yeah, I had forgotten about the question briefly. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that because it's revealed at the end. Yeah. Right, so talking about legendary players, one of the greats of all time sadly passed away this week and I wanted to give a big mention to him, which was Diego Maradona. Yeah. Um, As they call him in Argentina. God. Um, I wish I'd had the opportunity for seeing play. It's a little bit out of our time frame. Yeah, we really. did. We did in that. What's it called? That friendly. Uh, Robbie Williams. That no, that Robbie Williams thing. He set up. Oh yeah. He played in that, <laughs> didn't he? He did. But to to have been able to see him play in the eighties, I mean, from what I gather from sort of family members. Yeah, he's not my dad. My dad's not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean the England thing. I mean, he's, he's, he's openly said that he handled it. I mean, he can't really He has say, now, yeah. but that took nearly 20 years, 30 years yeah. to finally admit that. Yeah. And he was a bit... Not but, well, he said to Gary Lynch, <laughs> it's not 
It's not really cheating if the ref doesn't see it. The child's got a point. But, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> That's the thing. They hey. all did it with his mum and dad. How did you get that biscuit out of that tent? <laughs> well, you didn't see me, so I had it. <laughs> you didn't see me, so we had it. <laughs> I'll tell you what you had. You had a, an interesting career, did Diego Maradona. And I know it's it's the Stoke podcast, but I think sometimes you have to put a mention in for a player of such high quality. Yeah. I mean, he has visited the Bet365. He has been. He was a guest at Gordon Banks a while ago. Yeah. I think he's been a, a couple of times, actually. But he's, he's actually always had fun things to say about Stoke. Yeah, well, we've had another big player mentioned Stoke today as well. Who's that? Thomas Muller. Who's he? Plays for Bayern Munich. Never heard of him. <laughs> Who's that? He uh, said uh, in one of the press conferences, as if you can do it on a, on a cold, wet, windy day in Stoke, but Stuttgart aren't Stoke. <laughs> so we've got a mention from him as well. That's getting embarrassing now, right? <laughs> this, this you can't do it. People are like they're proud of it. Oh, Stoke of the Mention. It's not for I don't know. It's, it, I don't want to think if they ever visited Stoke and had never been that when you pull up to the ground, there's 90 man. I think, I think all these people, I think they just think Stoke's like a bomb site. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do it in Stoke? There was missiles everywhere, bombs going on. <laughs> Wait till you go play there. <laughs> Minus 12 and it's windy all the time. There's a cutting wind. I, 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 think it's, I think it is laughable. But it's become... It's become like... It's become its own little entity, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, so I remember Gary Lineker at the end of last season trying to switch it to Burnley. Well, we can't say about Stoke now, can we? Uh, it's now a cold, wet Tuesday in Burnley. Cold, and, foggy. And, and, every, and everyone just had a go. <laughs> it's stoking. <laughs> But like I say, back to Maradona. That, that was a diversion. That was a little bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've only got to look at. I mean, they presented his coffin, didn't they? Um, pretty much straight after he died, and the queues to go and lay. Well, not only that, so somebody took a picture. Somebody took a picture with him and has been killed for it because he published it online, like his body yeah. and all that, and he's, he's been murdered for it. Yeah. It shows how much respect for them they, they have, even River Plate fans. And to be honest, when Joe we talk about rivalries between, like, well, I would probably say the worst one in England is probably Villa Birmingham because they absolutely yeah, hate each other. Yeah. It's like that, but times 50. They kill each other yeah. <laughs> on, on game day. It's like the news presenter will come out and go, well, we've had a good day today. We've had 15 deaths. It's down by 18. It's, it's, it's mental. Yeah. They absolutely like despise each other. Yeah. It's like you mentioned Bocca to a River fan. He won't shoot you. Yeah. It's horrendous. But you just wouldn't watch football, would you? Who do you support? Uh, I'm a lot of badminton. <laughs> just stay away from football. Like, <laughs> he just wouldn't go bocker, would he? If, if you well, Buenos Aires. Oh, that's fishing. I'm a bit more of a fisherman. <laughs> You're not marginal team. <laughs> He's one of them players that I think was a, a magician of a player. I think Messi's in the modern mould. I thought we never would have, like my dad said, he didn't think he'd ever see a player with low sense of gravity rung the ball like Maradona did. I mean, people will always sit there and go, how good was Maradona? And you talk about the, the goal against England. Not the handball, the one where he picked the ball up and basically beat our entire team. Yeah. And then beat Shilton and passed it past him. It's just a marvel of a goal. The character as well. I mean, I've, I've said this before in, in boxing and stuff, that, that there's a lot of fighters that have not really got no personality and they just fade away after the career, but... 
certain fighters, they have that sort of personality and it, and it becomes a thing, it comes a, a, a certain thing on its own and Maradona was like that. He had a lot of drama that followed him, a lot of, I mean, the God status in Argentina. He, he is, he's, he's got like this alter ego thing that, that's with him and, and, and the thing is it makes him a, even bigger and bigger. People still t- talk about Maradona now, before he died, about the way he played, everything. You still hear his name most weeks. Well, Italy. he's not just like a god in Argentina. He's actually a bit of a god in, in southern Italy. Yeah. Because of his time at Napoli. Because when he left... Because the thing is, he's a legend at Boca Junior, but he actually only played one season for them. Yeah. Before he moved to Barcelona, where he failed. Because he, he just didn't like it there, to be honest. When he did play with Gary Lineker as well. Yeah. I think, not many, but he did play with Gary Lineker. But then he moved to Napoli in the southern end of Italy. Excellent. And when I think the World Cup was on, he was trying to convince the southern Italians to support Argentina. Yeah, I saw the guy back to the game this morning. But they, they didn't react well to that, to be honest. <laughs> but they still won the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing is, he was absolute god there. He wouldn't wait for Cup, I think, two, three Italian titles. And, and to Napoli... Into a big, a, a big club in Italy, and, and they are to this day. I know, I know they fell away in the nineties, and when we were young in the noughties, but they have recovered. Big time, and, yeah. you've, you've got pictures of him. I think they were on about renaming one of the stands to him. I mean, even I think it was last week. Even Pochettino came out with a ridiculously stupid idea, but I do like his sentiment that he wants all number ten shirts to be retired. That's the most ridiculous thing. I've it is ever the most heard. ridiculous thing, but I can understand. But for him, he, he the thing is with him, he, he, it's like I don't know Bobby Charlton to us. He's the greatest player to play for their country. Yeah, I think if if we, if we had that player, that I don't think we have. No, we haven't. We haven't, so, we haven't had one for a long time. I'd probably say our, our last standout player who was the best of his game was either Bobby Charlton or Stanley Matthews, really. Yeah, I just Gordon Banks as well probably as a goalkeeper. I stuff. just think if you'd have had that player, that flair player, that maybe won us a World Cup or and then like maybe a Euros or something, they would be like God status here. Maybe not to the extremes it is in Argentina. Well, there's nowadays people love to follow something, and the thing is, if if we won the World Cup, it's like Kane. Say Kane won us the World Cup two years ago. Just think how many kids and everything that adored him by us lifting the World Cup. I don't think I'd like him still. I think I think there's a different mentality with England compared to Argentina. Because in Argentina it's similar to Spain where everybody supports River or River or Boca depending on what side of Argentina you're on. Everybody kinda of does. It's like in Spain, all the Catalonians support Barcelona, even other towns and cities. Yeah. We've got their own decent teams, like Valencia fans, yeah. the Valencia and Barcelona. <laughs> so it's one of them where it's different over there. But over here, it's different for us because we are more passionate about our clubs than our countries, especially more nowadays Do you not think as it's well. more to reflect... The thing is with, the, with flair players as well, the exciting. Do you know what I mean? It's like people love Fuller at Stoke. Because he was excited. Mm. Sometimes you get missing in games for 70 minutes and score a wonderful goal. The fans loved him, got you off his seat. And that's how Maradona was. That's how Messi well, is. Well, it's special. specialness. It's yeah. like that goal Fuller scored against West Ham. Rooney couldn't do that. 
Ronaldo probably well Ronaldo might be able to yeah. do anything the way he plays but it's like get him a different job and he'd do that <laughs> <laughs> you know, give him a mop and he'd probably that's do the, the greatest mop that, that's, that's the best mop <laughs> I've ever seen ooh <laughs> <laughs> flex his muscles I think that with flair players like that like you say Ricardo Fuller he'll always be a go- like a garden stone because he could turn on magic off nothing he, he literally just picked the ball up beat four players and put it in the bottom corner yeah, the and that's the hardest thing doing football yeah. like Brian Clough who was you know the greatest manager of all time said the hardest thing in football is putting the ball in the net but doing it with trickery is the impossible dream yeah because for me when I was a kid like that it could have been that godlike status if we had won something for me at the time was Gazza Gazza was a legendary player. He could turn a game on its head like that. And and I always remember being about, I think I was about 10 years old, when Gazza chipped the ball over Colin Andrews' head and buries it in the bottom corner. The magic mm. of what he did with that ball, it's like it stayed up in the... It was like slow motion. The ball come over and he just dinked it nicely over him and then buries it. And... So he, he, if he could have he could have been my god status player he could have been he could have player. been I think like I said we talked about before him leaving Tottenham was the worst decision he made to go with Lazio yeah. and that was the worst decision he made even though he did well with Lazio he, he, I think his agent was always his problem and his downfall but Maradona is a is a professional player the way he's run with the ball his record as a player he's, he's up there for me I still think he's second behind I'd, I'd say that I'd I'd, Messi's still got years left so I can't judge them but, but I think Messi has overtaken him but Maradona is a player there's not many better no. he's an incredible player probably the most skillful you'll ever see yeah. I mean Gary Lineker talked about where you know he was literally booting the ball in the air as high as he literally could and he said he did it 15 times without moving more than three steps Yeah, that's incredible I tried it I'd I was running after the third one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It, it, I mean, from what I've seen of Maradona in games, he did seem that player that he, he just seemed to play as if he was still playing on the park, as, as in he enjoyed it. Like, the thing is with Messi, all right, fair enough, he is one of the greatest players I've ever seen play. Serious, it's about winning and everything. Maradona seemed that, that game where he just picked the ball up, like juggling it on the up. You you start kicking it up on the on the off line at the start of the game. Not thinking about this game's a big game. No, I'm just thinking how many times can I get this ball up in the air without it hitting the grass? <laughs> you are still that without child moving. on the on the park. And sometimes that I love that about certain players. You see certain players through time have that where it's just a matter of going out and playing football and just playing. I think Ronaldinho was like that in a way, but his his career didn't last long spells I think he had three years where he was the best player but yeah. after that he sort of crumbled away right so that's the end of that bit Maradona Maradona what a great player sadly and will be missed let's be honest especially in Argentina he will be missed yeah. you've got to remember also the, 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 we were at war with him during that handball time as well because of um, the Falklands so that's all, that also added to the spice of it and, it, and but it's never gone away because in 98 I was like, I hate Argentina. And he's like, why? I don't know. What I hate. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of them. It's a sad thing. And also this week I'm going to have to talk about somebody close to my family. Uh, my cousin Jane um, passed away at 33. Yeah. We still don't know why or the reasons of it. We had a, She was buried um, Friday yesterday. Uh, no, Friday. Two, two days ago. Two days ago because it's, 
it's Sunday. Uh, just want to give her a mention. Uh, rest in peace, Jane. Yeah. Now move into the question time. You've been quick with this question today. I know. I know. Normally I have time. Let, 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 let you carry on talking on but the bus. We've we've gone on on a little bit this week, so we're, we're going to wrap it up. We've had, we've really had work hard here. I've really had work hard, <laughs> <laughs> especially after this the, the Wednesday game. <laughs> Honestly, it was like watching paint dry, and I've done that. Used to be my old job. We have got a birthday mention, I think, as well. Oh, Tony Allen. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Allen turned 80-something today. <laughs> 80 this week, I think. 80, yeah, 80 this 400 week. 400 appearances for Stoke. Yeah, it's up there. One of the all-time pinch records, I think, fifth. Fourth, yeah. Fifth all-time pinch record holder. Uh, right, so clue time. Well, it's not clue time, it's reveal time. <laughs> who, who do you think he is? No idea. Do you know, I have any thoughts about it this week. Right, so like I say, Swindon. The Swindon bit's thrown me. Goal scoring record only. Ninety-seven. Scored eighty goals. Eighty goals. Oh. For Stoke City in all competitions that was as well. Ninety-seven to two thousand. Going to annoy me, isn't it? This. Yeah, you wore number ten. It's going to annoy me this. And he started at Blackburn. Didn't play for Blackburn. Had a loan spell at Wigan where he played eleven times. Didn't score. Then joined Swindon on a free transfer. Where he played 77 games and scored 27 goals, which was alright. Mm. He then was signed by Stoke to replace Mike Sharon. I know who it is. <laughs> scored 80 goals in 159 appearances. I'm sure I had his name on back And this year. another big clue he joined Cardiff after Stoke. Oh, what's his name? Well, when he was, it was there, wasn't he, as well? Calf. Yep. Yeah. He was the goal machine. Scored scored four hat-tricks. Yeah, and he was probably kind of number one when he left. No. No. He, he didn't want to leave. Stoke sold him. It was Calf. Calf was probably Calf, Calf, Calf was probably yeah. kind of number one. Calf was probably kind of number one whenever he left anyway. Basically, yeah. <laughs> 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 he left. Even Middlesbrough. Even Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah. He went on to play 126 games for... Cardiff with 46 goals. It's getting annoying now. Went on to Norwich for two seasons where he played 36 games, scored one goal. Everyone thought he was going to retire, but he didn't. He went on to have a, a last stint at Brent, Bradford where he finished League Two, was all time, not all time, but with top goal scoring. Oh, and then retired. The radio. Oh. And then retired from football after after achieving that record. It's going to annoy me when you say it now. Well, it's quite obvious, really. You left no, it is, but you know, you know what Mark names. You had him on the back of two of your shirts, you've already said to me. Yeah, I know. I've said it before. Uh, his name's dropped out of my head. Well, you failed this week. It is obviously the one and only Peter Ford. Peter Ford. Peter Ford, Ford, As soon as you said P, then I went Ford. <laughs> Peter Ford. I think what we should do with this question time. No, no just, I'm, I'm bum. That was a great question. You couldn't get it. Yeah, but I think next week I should do the question. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a competition now, so at the moment... Well, you're going to win anyway. Well, we don't know, because I didn't get mine last week. I missed two. Yeah, but my question was... Oh, right, yeah. yeah but it's got, what we're going to do is, is wait to play it. And then we've okay. got guests to play it, because I, I had did guess eight. <laughs> one go on, it's a bit of pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Peter Fulham. We've also man. got... Announcements, we've got a bit of a special guest next week, a very well-loved guest in Stoke. Even I don't know who this guest is. Even so you just didn't 
That's another one done. It's not Boris Johnson, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not well loved in Stoke. <laughs> right, so like, like I say, this is another one done. This is the Potters Podcast. You know where we are. We're on all social media. Make sure you join. Make sure you tell your friends that we've got this incredible podcast that's taking off. Make sure you have a listen. Have your say. We've got the Potters group page as well. If you want finders, we're on Twitter. You have to just type in the Potters Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Get involved. Find out what we're doing. We've got some TikTok videos popping up that people still aren't finding, <laughs> which are quite hilarious. We're not actually on TikTok, don't say it. But, but like I say, we're on every podcast platform. So if you find it on SoundCloud and you want to listen to your normal provide it make sure you go on and look through it if you want to come on that's the thing and if you want, if you to, want come to come on, on come on if you want to come on give us a message on any one of those platforms we'll get back to you definitely we always like having a guest on we haven't had a fan for a bit either. no we haven't had a fan for a while to be fair it's been it was probably lockdown was the last time we had a yeah. fan on and everybody don't go too mad when we come out of lockdown don't, <laughs> yeah, don't go too mad and start hitting the gym like I'm going to do but thanks for listening to Ra to all the rest